Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello, this is George Swift from Bigger Bites Boulder and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. And in this episode, we are talking about who wins in a recession. I recently did a webinar with Rob Goddard of Evolution CBS and Ian Mitchell of BGI. And together, we've come together, we've collaborated over the past six months in putting content together for you, the small ambitious business owner, to help you navigate the world, the landscape. And it's never been more important given what we're going through right now. We recently put out a webinar and it was all about who wins in a recession. So rather than just repeating what I said on that webinar, I thought, you know what? I will slot the piece that I did on that webinar into this podcast episode right now for you. So I'm going to hand over to the pre-recorded version of myself and I'll come back and have a chat with you at the end. Thank you everyone for being here. It's awesome to be speaking to you. Um, So yeah, I've got a nice chunk of time with you coming up next 20 minutes and I've got a ton of content. Um, As always, rather than just talking about one thing at a normal pace, I've decided to throw everything I possibly can at you in the next 20 minutes. You may want to have a pen in your hand and uh, and a bit of paper actually because um, I'm just going to be rattling through really some headlines about what I believe you need to have in place in order to not just get through the next period that we're going through here as small business owners, but actually to to, uh, come out on top and as the name of this webinar, to come out and actually win through a recession. Unfortunately, it's not just the companies that have the best products. It's not just the companies that do the best marketing. It's not the companies that have the best teams. It's not the companies that work the hardest that are going to get through this. There are certain aspects that go into successful businesses that uh, not only fare well during recessions, but actually can come out on top and winning. And uh, and our mission at Bigger Bright Boulder, our mission here as a collaborative here with Ian and Rob, is to make sure that you are one of those business owners that get through this, but hopefully come out of this actually on top. So I want to go through quite a few things. A headline that I saw a couple of days ago, quote, the UK plunge into the worst recession on record. Um, wow, that's nice to hear. Um, That was before yesterday's announcement, if you were listening to Boris yesterday. So you know, worst is still to come. Um, I've been talking about this through the whole of the summer when things have been kind of, you know, good weather and it's been feeling quite optimistic and positive and that. I have kind of been constantly leaning on my group, the Bigger, Bright, Bold and Success groups, kind of leaning on them, uh, saying to them, look, you know what, we've got to get ready for autumn and winter. It's coming. Um, We knew we were in a recession months ago, but it didn't feel like we were in a recession because of all the artificial props that the government put in place, whether it's furlough or bounce back loans, etc. And it's given people a kind of um, a, a comfort that kind of, I'll be honest with you, conceals the truth of what we're going through as business owners. I don't know how much longer the government's going to continue to uh, be able to bail out small business owners and small businesses. 
Um, I said this on one of these webinars not that long ago where I said, you know, you've got to wean yourself off the government anyway. You've got to wean yourself off the bosom of the government. So even when these things come out to help us and support us, it's great. Take advantage of them. That's what we're, we're advising everybody. But when you become reliant on the government or reliant on external factors, um, handouts, for example, um, that puts you in a very disempowering position. So the best place to be, as always in business, is you want to be in control of your own destiny. You want to be in control of your own economics and your own finances. You want to create the success in your business that enables you to be master of your own fate rather than, than relying on government bailouts or the furlough scheme to be continued, etc. So the rules are exactly the same. I've always said this. The rules in a recession are the same as outside of recession. The rules in tough economic times are the same as they are in good economic times. It just becomes 10 times more important that we apply the right things in our businesses. Good economic times, they allow us to, to be a little bit lazy. Now, I talked about this when we did our sales webinar a few months ago. It enables people to be a little bit lazy with their sales, a little bit lazy with their marketing. Um, you know, they can be a little bit lazy in terms of where they're going to invest their money. You know, they can, they can afford to have punts and flings and just see what works and that. When we get into tougher economies, we have to sort of tighten up a little bit. But the stuff I'm going to be talking about is nothing radical. It's not because we're in a recession, this is what you should do. This is what we should be doing anyway as business owners. It's just right now, it just becomes much more important that we do those things and we do the right things. Um, so really important, I want you to um, to imagine, right, that, that, that even if, right, okay, you have, I don't know, 20%, 30% drop in your market share. Let's say your industry, for example, drops 20%, 30%. The news is going to be hitting really hard constantly from now on, right? It's already started. They're going to constantly be uh, hitting us with, you know, the recession's hitting this industry. It's now hitting this industry. Uh, XYZ companies laid off a 1,000 employees. Blah, 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 shutting down. I went down my high street the other day and saw a coffee shop that I absolutely adore and love, and I saw that that had shut down. I saw another about three or four small independent retailers. They'd all shut down or certainly shut their doors for the time being. And we're going to get a lot of this this, this uh, bombardment of this messaging because I've said this before about the news, you know, what happens with the news is the news works like marketing or anything else. It works because it needs eyeballs and to get eyeballs, nothing works better than doom and gloom and fear and, and anxiety and worry and everything else. And therefore, one of the first things I want to get you to really understand is you've got to keep your perspective through what we're going through. Right, we have seen over the past six months a world that has, to be honest with you, lost perspective on a lot of things in the world. Right, we have to regain our perspective on things because if we don't maintain our perspective in an empowering way, we will get pulled down and dragged down by the narrative. And that narrative is one that is trying to get your attention, not one that's trying to inform you or educate you or you know improve your life in any way, shape or form. It's trying to get your attention and nothing gets your attention like you're screwed, we're fucked, it's all gone wrong, right? That gets a lot of attention. So I need you to understand that the very first thing, the businesses that are going to fare well through this period, they're going to be the ones that manage their own perspective, that they keep informed by all means. Don't switch off and be ignorant to what's going on. But they keep informed, but they manage their own perspective. And even if the market share, like let's say your industry, drops by 20%, 30%, I want you to imagine a, 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 a lake right, or a reservoir. 
And if you imagine you're a small business owner, I know that because you're on this right now, okay, whether you're doing you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or maybe you're knocking on your first million or so, the bottom line is you're still a small business owner, which means your market share of what's available is tiny. It's teeny tiny. So in, a, in, in the economy that we had just six, seven months ago, you had like a teaspoon out of a reservoir, right? That's, that's kind of your market share out of what was available in your industry sector. And even if your industry sector drops by 20, 30%, that's a chunk of water, don't get me wrong, right? I mean, it's a noticeable amount of water, but you still only need a teaspoon, right? That's all you need to go for. You're not trying to dominate your market, right, as a small business owner. What you're trying to do is dominate your part of that market, and we'll come to that a little bit later. But fundamentally, you've got a teaspoon out of a reservoir. The reservoir has lost, you know, a million gallons. It's lost 10, 20, 30%. It doesn't really matter. Yes, it's going to affect some people, but actually it doesn't need to affect you because you just need your teaspoon. If you keep your teaspoon, then you're still going to be in the game. You're going to be where you were back in you know, January, February, March. Is it possible with that mindset to go from a teaspoon to just a dessert spoon? Is it possible to say, right, out of this huge lake, imagine you're standing on the lake. Yes, it's come down a little bit and you can see it's come down, right? It'd be probably you know, a few meters or something overall. But it's still this huge expanse of water and you've got a teaspoon. You're saying, right, all I need to do is upgrade to a dessert spoon and I've still doubled my business. Is it possible? Well, perspectively, for me, it has got to be possible for you to double your business, even though we're going in for difficult times. Because whilst the illusion is, right, that we're losing so much, and the illusion is that this is all happening and the illusion is it's all gone catastrophic. The truth is what's happened is the market has shrunk potentially a little bit for your business and your job is to maintain that teaspoon first and foremost and secondly is to continue to grow your business and I truly believe you can continue to grow your business throughout the whole of this time. It's really important to understand, I've said this before about recessions, recessions affect some people a lot and a lot of people some, right? So we're all probably to some degree going to feel something about the recession, right? However, Unfortunately, most people, well, fortunately for most people, unfortunately for the few, some people will feel the effects greatly, right? But maintaining your perspective, the chances of it being you are actually really unlikely, right? Even if we lose, you know, 10, 20, 30%, well, that's still 70, 80, 90% that are going to be okay. So the chances are, first and foremost, you're going to be okay. And then if you listen to what I've got to say for the next 15 minutes and you listen to what Rob's got to say and Ian's got to say, and you keep yourself informed with the right information, there's every chance that rather than just relying on being in the top 70%, 80% of businesses that fare well, you can actually get involved in the process and you can actually turn the tides and make sure that you not only are in that 70, 80%, 90% of people that are going to survive this, but actually you can come out in the top 10, 20, 30% of those people and you can continue to grow your business, okay? Really important. Number one, keep your perspective. Those people that are going to survive through this and they're going to fare well through this and they're going to grow through this are going to be the ones that manage their own perspective. They keep informed, but they do not allow external information to drag them down into an illusion that we're all screwed and your industry's fucked and there's no business out there for you and you might as well shut up shop and go home, okay? That's going to be the illusion that's going to be painted. It's going to be unconsciously what you start to take on. You manage and maintain your perspective. You'll keep yourself afloat. I always say your perspective is your life raft, right? And if you don't manage it, you can potentially get sunk by external information. Okay, number two, invest. I have already seen this with so many businesses that have put money on hold right now. And it's like, we're not spending, we're not spending, we're not spending. I'll tell you now, if you're not spending, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're probably dying. And my analogy is a leaky boat. And you're watching your boat sink. 
And all you're trying to do is bail water out as fast as you can to stop the boat from sinking. At some point, you'll realise that actually bailing out forever is not an option, right? At another point, you might realise that actually the boat's sinking faster than you're bailing water out. And at some point, hopefully, it will click in and says, right, we need to invest our time, our energy and our money into solving the problem now and longer term, rather than immediately going into bailout. I see way too many businesses already putting holds on, on, on expenditure. I get it, the shit hits the fan, what do you do? Okay, right, freeze for a moment to re-establish like, what's going on and to understand what's going on, to come up with a new strategy and then to push on, right? I see too many businesses that are still holding back. I get it, don't get me wrong, I could do a whole webinar just on the uncertainty of what's going on and how that manipulates and impacts what we do as business owners. But fundamentally, you have to invest, right? You need to be mindful where you're investing for sure. You have to invest. If you're holding on to that money, if you're holding back on that, I promise you the chances are what you're doing is the equivalent of holding on to the side of the cliff edge, the water's rising, and all you're doing is hoping that the water doesn't reach you, right? For me, that's not a strategy, right? For me, I want to invest in climbing out of this shit and getting myself where I want to get to. You need to invest, okay? Of course, you need to be mindful, but you get this. In a good economy, you need to invest in order to grow. In a tough economy, why would that change? And yet too many businesses hold back, right? Um, you need to have absolute brutal focus with where you invest your time, money, and energy. And for me, the two real big kind of blanket areas are sales and delivery. Everything in your business, and again, this isn't just because of a recession, this is always, every single part of your business supports either sales or delivery. And again, a lot of business owners, again, in good economies, it's good to speculate and to flirt with money and to maybe throw a bit of money around. In tougher times, it's really important that where we put our money, but when I say invest, I'm also meaning your time and your energy as well, where we put our time, money, and energy, we have to make sure that it's impacting one of those two areas. It either means that we're able to deliver more or faster, more efficiently, or we're able to generate more sales, more profit, okay? If you start thinking in your head, right, that's why I need to be investing my money. So does this, I don't know, do my, do my uh, having my business property, does that mean that I can make more money or deliver better? If the answer is no, then it's probably up for question as to whether or not you should keep it. I'm not saying you shouldn't keep it, but it's up for negotiation. But if you say something, right, this staff member, is this staff member contributing to sales or contributing to delivery or is it something else? Then if it's for something else, then it's up for debate, right? But if it's contributing for delivery and contributing to sales, then it's a case of working out the hierarchy within those things and saying, right, this is going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. This hire is going to give me the biggest bang for the buck. Too many business owners have put a freeze on hiring. We saw it before in the last recession. I'm seeing it now. Too many businesses, I'll put a freeze on it, right? You know that if you want to grow your business, you need to have talent. Nothing's changed in that. What's happened is you're scared or anxious or you're fearful or uncertain. And what that means is you're holding back and waiting. But what was acceptable to wait maybe a few months at the beginning of this, we're now going into the long, more drawn out, chronic uh, repercussions of what we went through for the past, you know, the first three months and the last six months. And therefore, we can't just keep holding back and holding back and waiting and waiting because at some point, you're just going to keep waiting until it's too late. So I want you to make sure that you're investing in the right things. A real genuine story. I love this story. And it was a failing garage. It was a BMW garage. And it was a failing garage. And uh, it had, I don't think, like three months or something left in it before it had to cease trading. They brought in a, a kind of troubleshooter guy. And they brought this guy in to turn this, uh, to turn this garage around. 
And he came in, said hello to everyone, went to his office, and he got a piece of paper out, and he wrote this piece of paper, and he stapled this piece of paper to the outside of his door. And it simply said, will it sell more cars, question mark. Will it sell more cars? And he said, if it isn't going to sell more cars, don't bring it in the office. If it isn't going to sell more cars, don't be thinking about it. If it isn't going to sell more cars, don't look at it. If it isn't going to sell more cars, don't give it any care and attention. If it is going to sell more cars, let's look at it. So when I'm talking about sales and delivery, I'm then going to say to you, sales first, right? The businesses that put sales first, you get this sales creates revenue. Revenue is what keeps your business going, right? So whilst it's going to be important, obviously, to make sure that we do great customer service and we continue to great marketing, of course, that's all important. Actually, what we want to do is say, right, sales first, right? Will this investment sell more cars, the equivalent of whatever it is you do? He turned this gadget around in 12 months, and it was really simple. If something, let's say it was a leaky tap in the bathroom, if they perceived or they, 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 they evaluated that fixing that tap in the bathroom would enable them to sell more cars, either because it was a customer bathroom and they felt that it would, you know, it would enable the sale of more cars or it was in the... the uh, staff, uh, staff uh, bathrooms, and it would create morale, for example, that would enable the sale of more cars. If it did, it got fixed. If it didn't, it didn't get fixed. And I think if we become super brutal with our focus on what we're investing our time, money, and energy in, we start to really give best practice to what we should have been doing anyway, which is investing in those things that are going to deliver the core result that we know that we need. And this isn't just you as the business leader, you need everybody in your business focused on sales first. Even people that aren't in sales roles, they should be, in my opinion, they should be involved in the sales conversations. We're not talking here to blue chip companies and massive corporations where they have whole sales departments and stuff like that. The chances are you're a one man band or there's a handful of you in your business and therefore you might be doing sales because as the owner of that business, or you might have another person doing sales on your behalf, but you might only have a team of three, four, five, 10, 20 people in the business. For me, you want that entire business focused, right, behind the power of this total discipline about what you're trying to do. And when the whole uh, culture is on board with the selling more cars, for example, then everyone gets on board with that and you start to get absolutely, uh, you get absolute profound results in what you're doing in your business. Brutal focus on where you invest, but you must absolutely invest. Uh, the next thing you want to look at is they uh, efficiencies. Uh, businesses that succeed, this was in the Harvard review, businesses that succeed do not cost cut, okay? Yes, they reduce costs, but they do it through efficiencies, not through cost cutting, and that's a completely different mindset. Businesses are saying, right, and we saw this again over the last six months, right, the shit hits the fan, bang, where can I cut money? It's completely the wrong approach. What you're looking for is where can we perform, uh, where can we improve performance, where can we improve um, uh, efficiencies. The Harvard Review um, came up with this term progressive enterprises, what they called them. And they said that progressive enterprises were the one that fared best during recessions because they had the right balance between offense and defense. They were aggressive in their investment. They were aggressive in it, but in the right things that delivered the results. Um, it was mindful, but aggressive investment. Um, and they did cut costs, but it wasn't cutting costs as a mindset. It was through efficiencies, not through downsizing or spending cuts. The analogy I use is that of the Formula One model, right? Um, you know, if you've got the Formula One car and the guy on the wheels is, uh, you know, a bit haphazard and the person doing the brakes is haphazard and the one designing the engine's a bit haphazard, you end up with a, 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 a pile of junk on the start line that can barely get around the track. Then you think, right, everyone's got to up their efficiency, everyone's got to up their game, everyone's got to level up. And you're saying, right, okay, so what do we do? Okay, well, we need to remove every ounce, every gram off this car, right? 
And you're looking at it thinking, well, why would the people working on brakes, why would they spend so much time and energy to remove 10 grams out of the brakes, for example, if Lewis Hamilton, the driver, goes out and eat kebabs before the race? So it only works, this idea of efficiencies, when every single person in the team is on board. And that's a massive cultural shift for most people because... For a lot of businesses, people are working hard, but they're not really pushing themselves. And a lot of businesses, they're kind of efficient-ish, but they're also leaking a lot at the back end as well. So if you think like a Formula One racing team, every gram counts, every, every inch counts, every mile an hour counts, every fraction of a second around the track counts. And when everyone gets on board with that, with that efficiencies, what it means is you're streamlining everything back to core basics, which gives you the result that you're after. And it's really important that you are really mindful of what that result is. If you're focused on cost cutting, it's a very different mindset and you'll have very different behaviors and you'll take very different action than if you're thinking efficiencies, streamlined. If you're thinking, how do I get more out for less? How do we get more speed out of less power? How do I get more mileage out of these tires? How do I, to make sense, rather than thinking, right, the tires are really expensive, let's go for cheaper tires, right? You're gonna lose a race instantaneously. You're looking, how do I get more out of these tires or how do I get more out of these tires for less that I'm putting into these tires. Get your head into that. I talked to a business owner that's really struggling and has been really struggling over the last six months about this very thing. And I said to him, you've got to, you've got to cut weight, right? Yes, you have. And every gram counts, right? You've then got to remove the drag, the stuff that's holding you back, the stuff that's, that's slowing you down. You've got to improve the performance across the entire team, across the entire company. Systems and processes need to be absolutely sharpened up so that they're operating and everyone's operating at the maximum efficiency. And then you need to take responsibility as a business owner to improve your personal performance. You know, the, the Formula One racing team boss, he's not out the front with the gun in his hand and leaning over the team. He sits back, he's watching the race, and at the end of the race, they do a debrief. And that kind of needs to be the role for business leaders through this period. You let your team go out there. You trust your team to give 100% because you shift your culture over time into the sort of thing that I'm talking about right now. And then you watch and you observe and then you debrief and then you look for improvements and then you go back out and you go again. And rather than micromanaging every person in your business and leaning over everyone's shoulders, what you do is you trust everybody once you've got this culture in place. You trust that everyone's doing the best you can. If the gun jams on the wheel, you know, it's not going to be that guy's fault because you know he's given everything he possibly can. So there's no blame. But what you do is you debrief as in, right, how do we not allow this to happen in the future? How do we improve upon this in the future? And if we get that mindset in place where everyone's constantly looking to up their game, then you start to get a profound um, a profound improvement, not just in your own personal performance, but your productivity goes up. And if your productivity is going up, if your efficiencies are going up, it doesn't matter if you're cutting costs, you're going to be more profitable because that's how it works, right? The chances are, if you do this exercise, you're probably going to be reducing costs as well, but that's not the core aim. That's not the core focus. And I hope that makes sense, okay? Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was, um, it's going to be really important, I think. I said about the lake, the reservoir, and it's like you're not trying to dominate the reservoir, you're trying to dominate your part of the reservoir. And um, for me, it comes down to the niching, it comes down to super niching, um, and it's saying, right, I'm gonna carve this piece out for me, and this is where we're gonna dominate. There's, a, there's like a teardrop graph that I often draw, right? And at the bottom, you've got the rubbish, right? The people doing poor, 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 uh, delivering poor services, the people um, that are performing at a poor level. And then you start to go up through the wider part of that teardrop shape. 
And that's where you've got all your average businesses, right? And of course, because it's average, that's where most people are. So yeah, that's where the average businesses hang out. And then you get into the good businesses and there's a whole chunk of good people as well. I know you're good at what you do. So there's a whole chunk of good people. And then what happens, you imagine the teardrop, it starts to narrow as you go from good to great, from great to excellent, from excellent to the best. And the teardrop ends with the best. And the person that sits at the top, the best, right? That's the person that's always going to sit on top of of this pile. Doesn't mean they don't have their own challenges through recessions and etc. However, you want to be up that top end because it's way safer than being down in the big bulbous part of where everybody else is sitting and everybody else is hanging out, where you're fighting for the same business. You're probably going to end up competing on price down there and then you're going to be less profitable. Then you're going to forget everything I've just said. You're going to go into cost cutting. Now you're on a downward spiral. Your boat starts to sink. You start to panic and then you run the risk of being potentially one of those casualties. Okay, Pull yourself up, level up, get yourself up this curve. Now, the quickest way of going from average to good to great to the best is through niching. It takes a long time to be the best marketer if you're being a generalist marketer. But if you're going to target your marketing business at a certain niche, at a certain problem within that niche, then what happens is straight away you've elevated yourself out of the pile of where everyone else is sitting and you've elevated yourself to a position where you become one of the best at that in that particular niche. So for me, whilst you constantly want to keep improving what you're doing, that's the long game. The short game actually is you redefine your positioning, redefine your communications, target a market that has money, that truly appreciates and respects what you do, where you're mission critical for their mission critical, right? So there's a need for what you do in that marketplace. It's not about becoming the cheapest then because there's always going to be a market for the person that is the best at what they do in what you do. Does this make sense? Why are you twice expensive as a marketing company compared to that other company? Well, really simple, because this is all we do. All we do is what you're looking for right now. That's all we do, right? And we specialize in this, and here's our track record. And when you niche in something, you end up with all your case studies are niched, all of your success stories are niched. It all makes sense, and then you position yourself as the leading person or a leading business in a certain field that automatically puts you in the higher part of this teardrop curve that I'm talking about, okay, graph, and up there, it's just safer than being down the bottom. It's just safer. The bottom layer, the crap businesses, the crap services, the crap products, they get washed away in a recession. That's not a bad thing, if I can be honest about it. That's not a bad thing. But there's a lot of people, good people, doing good business that also are in that risky category. And for me, you want to elevate yourself out of that. And positioning is one of the, the best ways of doing that, okay? Positioning enables you to charge more and sell more and be more desirable. Um, Cost-cutting it's pure profit, right? And 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 it still blows my mind how many business owners don't really understand the nature of profit. But, you know, if it costs you 50 quid to deliver your 100 quid product and you take 10 pound off your product, it doesn't feel like the 100 pound to 90 pound is a massive hit, but you've just taken 20% off your profit, right? So we really want to get into that headspace and that, that, that mindset where we are looking to maintain our prices. I'm going to go all out there. Rob's heard me say this a million times. I actually think you should have a strategy for increasing your prices during the current recession. And you can't just go out and say, right, I'm going to double my prices. No, you have to look at everything that goes around that in order to support you being able to be charged, uh, to charge more. And to be able to charge more, you need to be worth more. And in order to be worth more, that's a perception from your marketplace. 
And if you have that as a project that you're running constantly in the background, as well as the efficiencies, as well as the mindset to maintain that perspective, then for me, you're going to fare really, really well. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that content. I certainly enjoyed the webinar. I'm going to slot in also some of the recording from Rob and Ian in upcoming episodes because they had some really interesting takes on this as well. We've come together, the three businesses, we operate at different parts of the same market. So Rob at Evolution, he helps companies prepare for sale and he goes out and he finds buyers for those companies. He fundamentally sells businesses on your behalf. Ian and BGI, they help businesses scale to the point where they can start to sell their businesses. And us, Bigger by Boulder, we take businesses from startup through the building phase of their business, which is up to 100K plus, and then we help businesses scale to a million pound and beyond. Together, we come together and we have the whole life cycle of a business that we serve. So if you're a business owner and you've yet to hit 100k and you want to know what's it going to take to hit 100k don't forget you can get yourself on the six figure fast track this is a webinar masterclass that i've pre-recorded put up there for you it's free of charge and it takes you through the six figure mindset the six figure methodology and the six figure business model that you need to have in place in order to take your business to 100k or more in the next 12 months or less the rules for success they're exactly the same as they've always been it's just become 10 times more important that we apply them if you're a business owner and you've broken 100k already and you are looking for new innovative ideas, collaborations on how to continue to grow and scale your business, even going through the recession that we're currently going through, and let's be honest, it's looking like things are going to get a little bit stickier, a little bit trickier, and a little bit harder yet to come, then get yourself onto one of our open days for our masterminds where we collaborate on that day. We also show you and share with you exactly how we work as a business and how we help business owners just like you who have already done 100k in turn over to get to that 200k 500k million pound and beyond if you're interested in attending one of those you'll see an email address for tracy miller in the descriptions of this get yourself connected to tracy miller send her an email and uh, she will take you through the whole process and she'll invite you to come and spend some time with us and other business owners ambitious business owners like yourself that are looking to scale and we'll share with you what's possible even given what's going on in the marketplace right now Find the email address for Tracy Miller in the descriptions. You'll also find the link for the Six Figure Fast Track in the descriptions as well, as well as some links to my social media channels, to our website, which also has loads of resources there available to you, specifically designed for you, the small business owner, to not only navigate and survive the entrepreneurial landscape as it is right now, but to come out and thrive. And as this whole episode has been named to win through this recession. I will see you next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.